What's going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down episode 26.0. Uh, let me s describe exactly what we do here at Phoenix Down, because we, we, we have the name Phoenix Down. I don't think we've ever fully explained it. I've always just did the whole quick spiel. Phoenix Down is kind of like this um, game club podcast. Um, Matt Quinn and I, my co-host, uh, who is here, say hello, Matt. Hello, friends. <laughs> uh, he, uh, we both kind of joined this. I mean, he started the podcast. You started Zombie Frog, and uh, yep, quite a while ago, a long time ago. Um, he had a website called Zombie Frog, and he did a game club podcast. And I just somehow I don't know how I started talking to you on Twitter a long time ago. And I was like, hey, I do podcasting. Can I join you on a game club? And then I said... Yeah, oh. I, I had listened to yours for a while before you ever came on ours. Gotcha. Okay. And uh, I joined him on the first game they did, which was... Or, or the first game I did with him. It was the third game they did, and it was uh, Braid, I believe. <laughs> and um, then I just practically became part of that show... And um, that wouldn't did it for a long time. Michael Futter, who now works for Game Informer, started on that show. Um, yep. But yeah, uh, did all that, did it for a long time, and then we quit. And I started working at ZTGD, and then I was like, I always wanted to bring the game club back because that was that was always fun because I liked the group of people that we talked to, and it was. It was fun just talking about one specific game for a while, you know, and, um... Yeah, and it kind of started with the idea of trying to play modern classics. Right. Like, we really wanted to play games like Beyond Good and Evil and Braid, and games that were highly regarded that maybe we had missed. Right. Some of us had missed throughout the throughout the years. And, uh, yeah, it, it spun off into something we, we really enjoyed, and then I, I invited Matt to, since I started working at ZTGD... Hey, why don't you? Uh, why don't we start the game club back up? And so we started back up uh, under the name of Phoenix Down. Still couldn't think of a name to go with, and we just said, you know, Phoenix Down. It's a video game item, and we're resurrecting games. I don't know. I'm okay with the name. Are you okay with the name? Yeah. Yeah. Seems like it fits. Yeah, it fits. It fits. So yeah, that's what we do. We bring games back to life. We go back through our backlog of games. And we take, finish them, or we go back to a game that we loved and want to go back and see if it holds up. And so that's what we do here on Phoenix now. Uh, but we have a very special episode. Uh, we're starting a new game. Uh, the new game is Dragon Age Origins. And we have a very special guest. Uh, somebody from all the way across the pond. We have Sophie. She works for ZTGD. It's our newest writer. Uh, does fantastic work over there. Sophie, how are you doing? I am good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So Dragon Age Origins. It's a Bioware role-playing game. Uh, developed in uh, 2009. Um, God, I always forget something. I always forget yep. to bring up something. It is, it is nine. It was 2009. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, developed by Bioware originally for the PC. Uh, actually, the the PS3 and 360 versions were developed by Edge of Reality. Um, 
with association with Bioware, obviously. And uh, I, um, as we do with all our new episodes, we always talk about the uh, our history with the game itself. And um, I mean, I'll just go ahead and dive into mine. I, as anybody who's ever listened to this show or listened to the N4G radio podcast, uh, they will know that I'm a huge Dragon Age fan. Always have been. It's it's always been a passion of mine because I, I absolutely love the lore, I love the the world and the characters that are in it. Uh, I prefer it over Mass Effect, but my history is a little strange because I didn't play this game when it first came out. In fact, aside from uh, uh, the D and D games, oh, Baldur's, Baldur's Gate. Gate, those were the only games I ever played from Bioware. Um, Aside from Mass Effect, obviously. I mean, everybody played Mass Effect. I think, you know, when they showed that E3 demo and how insane it was and how, how good it looked and all that stuff, I mean, everybody saw that. But um, traditional role-playing games like this, I had never played anything like that before. I tried playing uh, Knights of the Old Republic once, got about an hour and a half into it and didn't like it. Um, which, that may be a game we go back to, I don't know. I just, I'm not a big Star Wars fan. So, um, I picked this game up about two or three months before Dragon Age 2 came out. Um, and I didn't even know Dragon Age 2 was coming out, because I didn't really pay attention to this game. Uh, but I I saw it, and they had the, the Ultimate Edition, which was practically every piece of DLC that was available for the game on one disc, on the PS3, picked it up, and put it in, and fell absolutely in love with it. I, does it include Awakening? It does include Awakening. Um, I, it, for me, I, I don't know what it was. I, I always associate it with a couple of things. One thing I can't talk about because it's kind of a spoiler. But the other thing is I always associate it with living with my old roommate. Um, because it, it, you got to understand... Where I lived, it was horrible, <laughs> and it was just—it was always it, like it was always cold in the winter, always burning up in the summer, and it was—it was just a bad, a, a bad house to live in. And so I associate it mainly with being very, very cold and being wrapped up in blankets while playing it because it was cold in the house. But uh, that—that's one of those small things that I always remember about it. But I—I I, just—I distinctly remember. Absolutely loving this game, and and it, none, none of my friends had played it either, and they're big video game players, and um, it kind of went under my radar until I just, for some reason, I just saw it at GameStop. It was weird. I was at GameStop, my buddy worked there, and I was like, what's this Dragon Age game? He said, oh, it just came out, the the Ultimate Edition just came out, and it comes with all the DLC, and I was like, eh, that's a pretty good package. I think it was only thirty nine ninety nine, and I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and give it a shot. Man, that... That easily became my favorite game of one of my favorite games of last generation. So um, that's my history with it. Uh, Matt, what about you? Um, well, I you know I'm familiar with Bioware mm-hmm. um, until the PS2 days or so. I was never big into RPGs. 
Um, and even starting then, I was I was not big into them. I, I you know I'm just starting to get more into them as the years go on. And I, I have played a fair amount of Knights of the Old Republic. Okay. Uh, I haven't beaten it, but I've over the course of probably starting it three different times, I've put 15 to 20 hours in. Uh-huh. Um, and I love Mass Effect, so yeah, I've played the whole trilogy of Mass Effect. Obviously, it's fantastic. Mass Effect 2 is one of my favorite games of this last generation. But I had never really played Dragon Age. I picked it up not on release. I think a decent time after release, a few months later, three, four months later, I got it fairly cheap. And I started to play it, and I liked it. I, I liked it actually a lot more than I expected to, given the setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and mainly because of the kind of overt similarities to Mass Effect where a lot of the game is talking to characters and interacting with the characters and since the characters are so well done uh, that's a benefit instead of a <laughs> instead of a detriment where you can just claim the game is boring because all you do is stand around and talk right. um, because you do do a lot of standing around and talking but that's I think one of the better parts of the game so far I got about 14 hours in um, got stuck in the fade put it down <laughs> Did not touch the game for a long time. Uh, and then about three months ago, my PS3 died. I bought a new one. And as we were getting ready to start playing this game for Phoenix Down, I went to look for my game save in the cloud. It wasn't there, so... At some point, I was going to have to start this game over again anyways, because I lost my first playthrough. Right. So I'm excited to to get into it finally and push past that stupid part where I was stuck in a burning tower. Trust me, that stupid part, the fade is the worst part of that game. And it is infuriating. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have much to compare it with at the point or at the time, but you know, I will definitely be getting past there this time and trying to see what the rest of the game has to offer. There you go. And uh, Sophie, what about you? Um non-existent until last week when I started playing it. So you'd never <laughs> heard of the game? Well, like vaguely, um I too was not a big RPG player back in the days of the PS2. And I guess I really didn't start getting into them really until kind of late in the life cycle of the PS3. Like Skyrim uh-huh. was, I, I put a lot of time into Skyrim. I played a lot of the Final Fantasy games as well, but no, I never really played it. Like any of the Baldur's Gates games, never played Knights of the Old Republic, and never really played. Dra- it just totally flew under my radar. So, hmm. but it has all the hallmarks of something I'd like. I'm a big into like fantasy kind of books. So I really like the whole kind of emphasis on character development and the dialogue and that kind of aspect of the game, which only, even though we're only in like a short a short way, I'm getting like good vibes from it. So I'm ready. I'm ready to put in some good time. Fantastic. Well, um, so there's some interesting concepts with, with Dragon Age and Bioware games in general for the most part. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of people got that in Mass Effect. I mean, it, like I said, pretty much everybody's played Mass Effect at one time or another, and they know exactly what I mean when there's a lot going on. Uh, party members and, and character interactions that take precedence over anything else in the game. And th- this is no exception in Dragon Age. Uh, when, when you have party members who, and I, I kind of hinted at this the last Phoenix Down, talking about it a little bit, you can completely miss party members 
Um, you can piss your party members off to where they will leave your party, or they will try to attack. I've you. already done that. I think I'm. I think I've got a party member on his way out already. Oh boy. Is yeah, me too. I I really upset him. I didn't even do it on purpose either. I just you know I think I clicked on the wrong thing, and he was like he was so disappointed in me. I actually felt really bad because I was like no, like I really didn't mean to do that, but. Yeah. yeah, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Yeah, yeah. I felt like I'd been scolded. It was <laughs> go go into your room and think about what you've done. You know that kind of thing. But that's um that's one of the great things about Dragon Age and the Bioware RPGs is they make you feel for these characters uh, and and your character that you create kind of becomes your own and you want to see. I mean, like, even with Mass Effect, even though I, I love Mass Effect, I think it's a great series. Uh, but I prefer Dragon Age mainly because I like fantasy more. But um, even even with like Mass Effect, when I said something to somebody and they, you know, like if it hurt their feelings, I was like, wow, that's that's kind of out there. You know, it, it it makes me feel bad that I that this virtual yeah. person it feels bad. You know, and I was like, well, there's only a few people out there that uh that can develop a game that can do that. Yeah. And um, yep. but yeah, the, but like, go ahead. Sorry, I was gonna say like I always try to be like a do-gooder in these games. Right. <laughs> so it it upsets me even more. I always try to be virtuous when you know you kind of have the choices of dialogue and you can you know you can normally tell which ones are like the this guy's a real asshole or you know you're a real suck up. And I always try to do the right thing. So when I when I piss someone off, it upsets me. <laughs> That's which makes me think there is no like good bad or. You know, yeah, heroic it's way evil more system in this game, yeah, right? No. It's 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 a lot more ambiguous, I think. It is very more ambiguous. It's not it's not like Fable where you're gonna start showing yeah. like you're not you're gonna start looking evil or looking virtuous. It's, it's more just about your character yeah, interactions, right? It's definitely not like a binary you're either good or you're bad, like two options. Yeah. So that's that's one of the great things I liked about Dragon Age Origins. They changed it in Dragon Age two, which we I, I do want to talk about toward the end of the show. Uh, Dragon Age 2, uh, the, the, the dialogue system, is basically a carbon copy of Mass Effect. Um, and that, that was kind of unfortunate for me. But, um, but, but in this one, yeah, you, when somebody says something to you, you will have a box of dialogue with like five different options sometimes. Yeah. You know, it, it, and it could, I get the impression that it can spin out like numerous different ways. Like I've had really short conversations where I feel like afterwards, like oh, if I'd have said something else, I feel like that conversation would have gone on a lot longer. Yeah. And it makes you think like a couple of steps ahead, like when you're talking to characters, even like early on in the game, about like you know where's this going to go down the line or. That's the um... yeah. It's really weird because you kind of have to think like, what does this character yeah. like and not like. Before you, know, you like start clicking on things, right? And like in terms of forging alliances and like already cutting off like potential alliances before you even have a chance to kind of think about whether they're gonna come through for you down the line or something like that. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's very complex, especially when you get down to it and actually look at it. It's um, it's, it's something that I don't even think Mass Effect could could fully do. That, that Dragon Age Origins did because there's 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 ways in to play this game that I've like so I've looked it up so I'm a, I'm a rather big nerd for Dragon Age and I've I've watched people play this game like I I, I specifically watched my roommate play this game because uh, he was in my room whenever he played it and 
seeing how he played that game and seeing how I played that game, two totally different experiences. It's like like I, like me and Jay said, this is the closest thing you can get to Alpha Protocol. Um, it's it, it is it is that expansive, and that's what I love about it. What? What was that? No, nothing. Sound like a snicker? <laughs> you, you, you laughing at me? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but anyway, um, so yeah. Uh, so the the first thing we do when we boot up this game, uh, we, we do get a little backstory, and the backstory for me, uh, it, 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 or my interpretation of it is, so there's there's this world. Um, I, it's this this story takes place in the land of Ferelden. Um, uh, in this world exists this entity uh, known as the Dark Spawn. Uh, it was basically created by the Maker or God. Uh, people tried to come into the Fade, which is God's domain or the Maker's domain. Um, God cast them out. Uh, and they turned into the dark spawn. Um, they come out of the ground. I don't really know how they were developed. I, and I have a friend on Twitter who, if she listens to this, she will like just knock me in the head because she's she is insane. I have a friend on Twitter who has like Dragon Age fan fiction. She's 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 really really into this. Um, but uh. Should have invited her on too. Damn. Yeah, she can probably clear yeah. up any of the questions we have. This is true. And if I if I start talking to her on Twitter tomorrow about it, she'll oh man, we'll have a wall of text telling us what's going on. <laughs> but uh, so it, the dark spawn basically uh, is this. It, it, if you looked at them, you would say they're orcs from Lord of the Rings. So it's it, it, they're these dark. Yeah, you know, basically. Yeah, yeah. They, they look dark. They always look dirty and. You know, they wear really skimpy, crappy armor, but they're like these really vicious-looking creatures. Uh, humanoid, obviously, humanoid creatures. Um, and they, every so many hundreds of years, centuries pass, uh, they, they accumulate an army uh, to try to take over the lands, uh, known as, they call it the Blight. The Blight's coming. Um, and in order to combat... This uh, this blight, uh, the the people of not only Ferelden but the people of the world um, created this, uh, I guess this order uh, of people who warriors, um, known as the Grey Wardens, and the Grey Wardens have a link to the Dark Spawn. Um, it's, it's somewhat of a mystery to most of the people uh, that the, the 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 gray wardens obviously exist people see them but a lot of people think they that what they do is pretty much just a legend they're just a they're not a myth because obviously they're standing right in front of me but they say they can feel the dark spawn and they're linked to them and all oh, the blights coming people just kind of ignore them they're like oh these people are crazy they're kind of like a cult almost but um they're a very ancient group who many of the leaders, including the leaders of Ferelden, still respect and believe in. And there is a Grey Warden by the name of Duncan, who 
start seeing visions of this thing called the Archdemon. So that's another thing that comes during the Blight. Not only is there the army of Darkspawn that come, but there's also this Archdemon, which is basically a gigantic dragon. And uh, you don't see dragons anymore. Yeah, so I get the impression that there... Nope. There's kind of always Darkspawn around. Yeah. But only during the Blight is there this, like, essentially infinite number of Darkspawn. They, yeah, and so, it's whenever the Archdemon shows up, and when it's moving across the lands, it's basically spawning Darkspawn. Okay. So, um, that's, um, Duncan gets these visions that this is happening. So he, he gathers up the people of Ferelden and says, hey, if this blight's coming and we need to stop it. And um, he has a pretty good idea of where it's coming from and what they need to do. So um, that's basically the beginning opening, uh, just kind of explaining what the Darkspawn are, what's going on. Uh, then we cut to us creating our characters. Now, this is actually a very important part of the game and how the game's going to be played for pretty much the entire game. Uh... I kind of just want to individually talk about what our characters are. Um, I'll just go ahead and mention, I created a character. Um, it's a male warrior who's also a dwarf uh, with the background of being like a commoner um, or a uh, castless or caseless. I think it's called castless dwarf, which means he doesn't have any kind of stature in the in the, the society. They're basically looked on as, as pieces of crap. Uh, the, the poor people who, who, who shouldn't even exist. Uh, that, that's my character. Um, and see, not only do you create your character like that, but you can also choose you know their proficiencies and what kind of weapons they're going to be using and stuff like that. So my warrior is basically going to be the tank. He's going to use two-handed sword or two-handed axe. And just slowly chop at people, and I'm gonna deck him out in the like baddest armor I can find. Um, and my dwarf also looks nothing like a dwarf. <laughs> he, he's short. That's about it. He does not have a beard, and he has short hair. And I imagine him talking with an American accent. Not a <laughs> Scot, not a Scottish one, like all dwarves do. So um, yeah, that's my character. Uh, Matt, what about yours? Mine is a human mage. Okay. Um, and this is the same one that I had picked on my first playthrough. So I'm eager to see what the other ones are. Uh, but now that I've played through the whole intro part twice, I'm like, all right, I remember this. It's an interesting enough beginning. I wonder what the other ones are like. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a human mage. Now, are you... Uh, eyeing any type of specialties as far as what type of magic you want to use? Uh, not yet. I mean, I haven't really done anything with that. Okay. I've just unlocked a bunch of level one spells randomly. Okay. I haven't really, I haven't really thought about the progression and where it's going yet. Okay. And I will get into that a little bit more after we get done talking about because there's there's a whole lore against mages too. And it's it, it's pretty deep, and I want to talk about that. See, I'm just getting into the lore this episode because I mean we didn't really play much, you know. We just did the opening and the the beginning. Uh, we get deep into that next few episodes. Uh, Sophie, what about you? Uh, my guy, um, he's a human noble, mm -hmm. 
male and a warrior. Okay. He's kind of badass. He has uh, red hair. He has dreadlocks and a beard. So he doesn't kind of really fit the the mold of the kind of well-raised, like, rich heir to the family line, I guess. Like, But, you know, I kind of went in these games. I kind of have all my guys. They all look the same. I try to have, like, the goatee beard and either the mohawk or the dreadlocks, whether I'm playing an RPG or Tiger Woods Golf. Oh, nice. I always go with the same thing. So <laughs> <laughs> so they always look the same. He, he kind of speaks pretty pretty posh, like me, I guess. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of like the warrior over the mage in these kind of games. I like getting my hands dirty and having a fight. Are you, are you so, sticking with uh, sword and shield? Yeah, I will be. I will be. I like to get in there and, and club okay. people. So I'll be sticking with weaponry. Gotcha. So, I'm going to get into some lore here, since I guess I am the resident expert on the show right now. <laughs> How would I even start? Some mages. Because this plays a big part, not only in the gameplay, but also in the story itself, and particularly with certain characters. The lore in Dragon Age has that there are people who are born with magical ability, and people who are not. Uh, being a dwarf, my character, uh, which I should mention, his name is Lifty Fernandez. Uh, <laughs> I name all my characters. Is that inspired by anything in it's, particular? It's, it's inspired by a small web comic, or not a web comic, but a, like a, a website called um, Homestar Runner. Uh, it kind of stopped making. Um, comics and stuff a long time ago but there was a character named Snorkart Gage who would always just spout off random stuff and one of the things he used to say was Lifty Fernandez and so I just named my, all my characters Lifty Fernandez now right on. it used to be a Wahlberg brother I used to name him Mark Wahlberg or Donnie Wahlberg <laughs> and I changed it because you know Matt when I played Persona 3 I was Mark Wahlberg so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, I changed it. But yeah, um, so dwarves um, have no magical ability. They they um, it, it's something to do with their uh, the way they live as well as uh, uh, I guess their genetics. I don't know. They don't have enough. What's it called? Metachlorines or something? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so they they I couldn't even Good yeah, for them. I could even choose to to use magic. Um, in, in my origin. Uh, but um, magic is feared in the world of Dragon Age. Mainly because <laughs> when you got somebody who can throw fireballs at you, it's kind of scary. Um, so they created this thing called the Circle of Magi. And the Circle of Magi is basically where People who have magic abilities can go there to train, uh, n not only to be uh, warriors in combat, but also to, you know, use their powers for good, quote unquote good. You know, like um, teaching people better ways to create things using magic, or you know, using it for the greater good. And um, there was the chantry uh, is also uh, developed uh, mainly for the the mages, uh, but that, that's a different story. The Chantry was created to keep the mages in check. Uh, they created this order called the Templars, 
and the Templars are basically mage hunters. Um, anybody who's basically an unregistered mage is called an apostate. And they the, the Chantry will send out Templars to take them, and if they don't go peacefully, they kill them. Uh, they take them to the Circle of Magi um, in order to kind of like, um, I guess, break them. I don't know. Yeah, well, it's like a university as well as like a prison. They say. Yeah. In the in the mage intro, yeah. basically they're like you can do any whatever you want here, but you can't leave. The mages are essentially the X Men, where the government hates them and wants to put a leash on them. Um, so it's it, the Templars. You know, they they use kind of like holy magic it's it's a dispelling type of magic to allow them allow themselves to to kind of shield against magic and stuff like that um but they uh yeah the mages are definitely scrutinized in the world of dragon age and there's a couple of reasons why obviously magic is very dangerous but demons exist in this world uh Demons are a very powerful force in this world that can possess people, obviously. Mages and people who have the ability to use magic are more susceptible to demon possession than anybody. And many apostates who aren't registered with the Circle of Magi, they practice their magic in strange ways, one of them being blood magic. And mm-hmm. blood magic is a one-way trip to demon possession by many people's standards. Uh, a lot of people believe uh, mages who practice blood magic make uh, packs with demons in order to use their abilities. Blood magic is very powerful and uh, very destructive. And... Um, it's very dangerous. It can. It not only can a uh, blood mage kill people easily, but uh, they can also be uh, possessed by demons much more easily uh, because they dabble in evil magic. Um, and when they get possessed, they will eventually turn into abominations, which we will deal with a lot throughout our gameplay. Uh, and abominations are basically just wild wild evil creatures that just try to kill whatever is around them. So that's why they created the Templars. The Templars are there to stop apostates from practicing magic, send them to the Circle of Magi to, I guess, go into rehab, I don't know. And uh, and that's, that's... it's hard to explain, but that's it, it. To be honest with you, it's actually explained better in Dragon Age Two, because hmm. Dragon Age Two is all about the conflict between the mages and the Templars, and how much they hate each other. So, um, but anyway, just to, out of that little lore, um, we can start about our our actual origin stories. Uh, as far as mine goes. Uh, since I was a castless dwarf, I was basically gutter trash. Um, I was living with my mother and my sister. 
Uh, my sister was basically being you know, it was a whore. I mean, <laughs> this is tragic. Yeah, she 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 was being pimped out by this other guy, um, and but it was it. It wasn't just, you know, she wasn't just, you know, to to get money. She was she was trying to screw her way up to being, uh, you know, accepted by the higher ups in the dwarven community, which most pretty much all dwarves originate in the caves of Ostagar. Um, and uh. They, uh, there's also dwarves, obviously, that are that live above ground. They call them surface dwellers. In fact, I want to say that the caseless are higher up than the surface dwellers. The 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 dwarves of Ostagar can't stand surface dwellers. Uh, the especially the surface dwelling hmm. dwarves. Um, they think that they're just you know they're traitors. So um, but anyway. Uh, I live with my mother and my sister. My sister is being pimped out by this guy who is also my boss. Um, and he's basically trying to work his way up the, the the ladder to get into a higher position with the dwarves. Um, and using her, so if possibly she could get married to a you know a, a, an upstanding figure in the dwarven community... And then she can get out of this hellhole that is, you know, the the slums of Ostagar. Uh, and he's using me and a friend of mine, another dwarf, uh, as basically his hitmen, or his. I don't know. It's not really hitmen. We don't just go out and kill people. It's basically like thugs. You know, we go up and we rough guys up who, you know. Where's my money? You know, and <laughs> if you don't give me my money, I'm gonna stab you with my knife. So it's 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 kind of like that. So my origin story revolved around me obviously feeling bad for my sister and my mother, who is a drunk. Uh, she's just a, she's a straight up drunk, and she doesn't even know what's going on half the time. This is a fucking depressing origin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a rough place to grow up. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad I didn't pick that one. <laughs> I just didn't know. I just wanted to try something completely different. Last time I played a freaking city elf. Uh and it's it's somewhat different. But um but that's at some point you meet Duncan. It's yeah, right? at some point you're all gonna meet Duncan. Um so what basically happens is Duncan is going around trying to find new recruits for the Grey Wardens. And uh Ostagar, he goes to Ostagar to see if he can find some dwarven uh, recruits, uh, and they the 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 higher ups the 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 damn what I'm, I'm trying to think of a word for the high class people. The high class people are holding this tournament, fighting tournament, to uh, show Duncan, hey, here's our finest warriors, pick from them. Well, um, my boss says, hey, I got money on this tournament. I want you to go poison. The opposition, so that way he sucks in combat, and then my guy can win, and I can make a lot of money. So we go to do that, me and my buddy. We go to do that, and uh, his warrior that he has money on is basically just laying around drunk. And like, oh great, he's not going to be able to fight. <laughs> so what are we going to do? And, and 
and we get the big idea of me putting on his armor and acting like I'm him in this tournament. What could possibly go wrong? Mm. Well, obviously nothing, because Lifty Fernandez is a bona fide badass. And I killed everybody at that fucking tournament. And then, but but when I took off the helmet and they said, "Oh, he's got that tattoo on his face. He's he's a piece of shit," you know, because they 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 brand all the the caseless. Charming. Charming. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, "Get him the fuck out of here, Duncan. Don't even ignore him." And Duncan's like, "Wait a minute. He's a badass. I want him to come join the Gray Wardens." And so I'm like, "Yeah, I'll come join the Gray Wardens." And then my sister's like, "Go be with the Gray Wardens." Like, "Wait a minute, you're a whore. No, no, I, I can't leave you." And then she's like, she leaves me anyway. And I was like, well, <laughs> have fun. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Which, of course, Duncan's like, no, you can't. After I've chosen you, you can't leave. <laughs> so, <laughs> Which is very morbid once you find out what you have to do. Good luck on your battle. You have to leave now. And then I think this has been too much for me. I'm off to bed. So my guy departs, you know, goes to bed. And then the shit really hits the fan. Um, and it turns out, spoiler alert, that Art Howe, my dad's kind of main ally, is in fact engaged in treachery, and his men were late because they were preparing an assault on my own castle. So I awake, and like the castle and my forces are under siege from our perceived ally, who is, you know, he's backstabbed everyone. So I kind of rush out of bed. And I'm fighting with all these other guards and stuff like that. And I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? I have to kind of find my brother and I have to find my mother. And it turns out, another spoiler, my brother's son has been murdered and his wife's been murdered. And I'm kind of running around and I'm, I'm heading towards the pantry because I'm, I'm told that basically the castle is lost. And I have to just get the heck out of there or everything's going down. No one knows where anything is. I could be the last survivor. So, you know, to make sure that, you know, none of the nobility, can, to make sure the nobility aren't wiped out, I've got to, i kind of got to get my way out. The exit, the secret exit is in the pantry, which was the scene of the infamous dog rats fight. <laughs> so I'm making my way back there. Spent a lot of time in the kitchen pantry in my origin story. And I find, like, my dad, he's there. He's mortally wounded and he's kind of dying. And with his last dying breaths, he's like, get out of here, you know. You've got to go and fight. You've got to go and fight the Darkspawn. You've got to go and see if Fergus is still alive. You have to kind of this, that, and the other. My mum, I'd rescue my mum. She's coming with me. But at the last minute, she's like, no, I'm going to stay here and die with my husband. You go. So, yeah, off I go with Duncan. Duncan's there too. And we fight our way out together. And, um, yeah, that's basically it. We travel from there to Ostagar, where we meet the king. And off we go. Okay. So it started out kind of mundane and frivolous, and it ended in tragedy. And my guy was sort of turfed out. You sound last of my line. It sounds a lot like a traditional role-playing game yeah. intro. Kill some rats first. Yeah, get, get used yeah. to the combat. Have a bit of fun. Yeah, it was. It was kind of good having not played any of the other games and not really knowing to expect. I feel like I picked a kind of very standard, straight down the middle origin story of yeah it gives you a chance to kind of get your bearings a lot and not get thrust into too much stuff in terms of existing law whereas you kind of you get a good feel for the wider context of the the narrative of the game as a whole but at the same time you know it's quite a narrow journey 
to the point where you know you kind of join up with the Grey Wardens. So I kind of appreciated it as a newcomer. Oh, good. Um, also, yeah. So I just want to say a question since you've played a lot more of this than uh-huh. I have. These origin stories are different. They're very different, right. and they're fairly interesting. Uh-huh. Now we've all met up in Ostagar. How much different is the game based on our choices from this point on, or was that was that the bulk of the variety that we uh, did? Significantly different. Uh, since you're a mage, people are going to talk to you completely different than they would me. Yeah, they look at me, and the first thing they say is, "Hell, dwarf," you know, and then they're like. You know, there's multiple times where people start talking about the Maker and their religion and stuff like that. The dwarves don't even recognize religion. And, you know, I always get some kind of dialogue option saying, I don't understand what you're talking about. Or, we don't really practice religion, you know, and ours are. You know, and stuff like that. So, there's going to be multiple things that, that will come back to you. In in uh, that that ha- you did in your origin, um, particularly when particularly okay. whenever you ever. Uh, I'm really curious to see how much. Of it. What? Say what? Matt? It just I, I'm really excited to see how much of it ties back in with with what we've done already. It, it does tie since what we've done so far is totally yeah, different. It does tie back in since I was like a thug. There's been multiple times where somebody will say something to me, and it'd be like. You know, I've killed people dumber than you, you know, and stuff like that. It's, 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 you know, I, I get a bunch of dialogue options that are that are completely different, and I, I like to go down those paths. My guy is non-religious. He doesn't take shit from anybody, <laughs> and and if somebody <laughs> like like you, we're, we're going to talk about it a little later on, but uh, you know, if somebody wants to threaten him, he'll just pull out a sword and kill him. I mean, that's that's my guy. So I'm gonna play the, I'm gonna play this completely different. No nonsense. Yeah, I'm gonna play this guy completely different than I have any other Dragon Age game. Like you said, I normally play very virtuous. This one, this guy's a freaking he's a thug. You know. You can take the dwarf out of Ozamar, but you can't take the Ozamar out of the dwarf. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna keep on with that. But, uh, oh, also, Sophie, just to let you know, don't worry about spoiler alerts or something like that. Okay. That's what we do on Phoenix Down. We spoil the shit out of this game. Yeah. 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 Don't even worry about it. Just talk talk whatever you want to talk about. And uh, for our listeners, hey, we spoil the shit out of games. So <laughs> just to let everybody know. Consider yourself <laughs> warned. Yeah. So um, we all we pretty much come full circle with uh, as far as our origin stories goes. We eventually go to Ostagar, um, which is where King Kalen and uh, the gray, other Grey Wardens and his army are meeting up with each other to basically hold the front line of where this blight's coming. There's still a lot of people who don't even believe the blight's coming. They're just thinking we're just wasting our time sitting here out here in the woods. Um, but uh. This is the first time where you actually kind of get to run around and explore more than what you could normally do. And uh, it's basically, we travel with um, Duncan. He says, hey, there's a couple other Grey Wardens here in the camp. Um, if you could, go find them for me. That's that's basically our quest. 
but there's one in particular that he wants us to find. Um, a guy who is who has went through the the joining, uh, the ritual um, to become a Grey Warden. We're, we still have to go through the ritual. Yeah, I thought that was kind of yeah, funny because I'm like, I just went through a yeah. ritual. I tell him I gotta go through <laughs> another ritual. It's uh, it's I well we'll we'll get into that ritual in a minute, but um, uh, the we come to possibly my favorite character in the game. And that is uh, a Grey Warden by the name of Alistair. <laughs> I, I really upset Alistair later uh, on in the game. You can really piss him off. Yeah, I really did. Alistair kind of doesn't like me because, truth be told, Alistair is one of these characters. Alright, so Alistair is basically the Nathan Drake of... Dragon Age. Oh, now I feel even more bad because I love Nathan. Well, see, Drake. he's he's kind of like a smartass. He likes to crack wise, and he's not as charming. No, he's not as charming, but he does have a voice. He has the he he, he who what is his name? He played uh, one of the villains in um in Uncharted Two. It was uh, Drake's good friend who betrayed him. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That's him. I can't remember what his name is though. Actually, yeah, there's multiple no. people from from Uncharted in this game. Because... I didn't realize um, Kate Mulgrew was in this game. Who is that? You know, um, Captain Janeway? Okay. She's apparently in Dragon Age Origins. who that is. Yeah, I had no idea. I just huh. read it like on Wikipedia. And I was like, oh, really? No, Claudia Black's in it. She plays Morgan. And uh, mm-hmm. she was... She had a very distinctive yeah, voice. Yeah, you can recognize yeah. that anywhere. And she played Chloe in Uncharted. Yeah. So, um, yes, Alistair. Alistair is a official Grey Warden. Uh, he's went through the joining. Uh, before he became a Grey Warden, which he hints at a little bit, he used to be. He was in training to become a Templar. He never. He never became a Templar, but he was in the training school to become one. So, he's not a big fan of mages. Um, he's one of those guys who will get along with anybody, but if you piss him off, he holds a grudge for like years. It's it's weird. He's he's he, he's one of those guys, yeah. Um, but he's one of the he he's kind of like the 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 goofy smartass of the group. Um, and uh, but he's actually still a badass. He's he's a very talented um, Templar as well as a very very talented warrior. He uses a sword and shield. Uh, starts off with a sword and shield. Uh, you can change everybody's stuff up if you want to. Um, and he's pretty much our first party member that we are guaranteed to get. Uh, we meet up with him. In fact, he's that's how we learn he used to be a Templar because he's basically. He was set to kind of egg on the mages that were recruited uh, by King Kalen to help with this war. Um, and he's talking to one of the representatives, and they're pissed off because they know what he is or what he used to be. He used to be a Templar, so they, you know, that's where we learn a little backstory of like Templars and and mages and stuff, depending on what you choose, obviously. Uh, so we meet up with him, and we meet up with two other recruits that are uh, haven't went through the joining, but uh, us three are going to go through the joining together. Um, 
I can't. I'm trying to imagine their names. Anybody know their names? I don't know. They They're just con- fodder, anyways. They, they were forgettable. Yeah. They were pretty forgettable. It was yeah. it was one warrior and one rogue. Um, one of them was kind of a wuss, while the other one was kind of a, you know. Oh, my wife is pregnant with my baby. Well, yeah. That guy. Yeah, that guy. Um. So, Duncan instructs all of us to go into the wilds, uh, which are the the thicker wood. Um, behind the camp itself, and he tells us to go there to um to collect uh, some vials of darkspawn blood. Uh, but and as w- while we're doing that, uh, check and see if we can find an old ruin, because there's an old ruin there that has some pretty important documents um, for the Grey Wardens. Uh, the Grey Wardens left them there. Um, Planning to return uh, very kind of soon, but they never did, and they've been sitting there for like a hundred years. And that's a weird situation, anyway. I, and it even came up in the dialogue. Yeah, how do you go from soon to several hundred years? I don't know. That's the thing. It was like I even asked. I was like, <laughs> they be- "Like, what the hell happened in that space of time?" If- like, I'm just gonna put it off till next week. Uh, we'll get to it next year. Like, our uh, next century. <laughs> That's, I guess that's what happened, because he, he yeah. didn't really go well, into sometimes detail. Sometimes stuff piles up, you know, and you just leave it and leave it. And yeah. Before you know it, 200 years have passed. Yeah, my grandfather told me to go pick up those things, yeah. but I think I'll wait a little while. Yep. So it's, I got kids on the way. Yeah, I got kids. Yep. But, uh, yeah, so there's these big treaties, very important documents, documents that pretty much, if we didn't have them, uh, this game wouldn't exist. Uh, we need those documents. Uh, they're basically treaties that show what uh, the the rulers and people of Ferelden, uh the rules that they have to go by as far as uh, the Grey Wardens are concerned. So he sends us out there to go find them, as well as get Darkspawn blood, because we need it for the joining. So we go into our first area where we can actually run around and, and are free to do what we want to. And there's a few quests out here. There's actually a couple of quests. Um, just small side quests. There's one uh, uh, featuring the dog, uh, the, the the dog that's yeah, I did that you. one. Yeah, I, I did that one as well. Um, basically, did you did you bring your dog with you, Sophie? I, I think so. Okay. No, maybe I did. Yeah, I think I did. I don't think I did the quest. I think I was kind of just shooting through that point. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Well, in the was that the one where you had to talk to the kennel master? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did do that one. Okay. So there's a there's a Mabari. Um, the dogs in this world are huge, like bull mastiff looking things. Um, uh, and they're called Mambaris. Uh, they're kind of war dogs. Uh, and there's one that's wounded and, uh, very sick. And, uh, the kennel master is like, hey, there's a plant that grows out there in the wilds. If you can get it for me, we could probably get this dog into better shape. And so I did that quest as well. And there's another quest where you can find some kind of uh, hidden treasure. Um, and there's a whole backstory to it if you want to read it. Um, basically, a father was supposed to meet his son, and he got killed, and then the son couldn't find his stuff. So we find the letter, and it tells us where to go, and we find his stuff. And I actually get a good sword, which is a sword that I'm still using now. So, um, but anyway... 
we kill a couple of dark spawn. We kill a lot of them. Actually, we run into a bunch of them. And uh, I had to get used to the combat again. Because, <laughs> let's be clear here. Dragon Age Origins is not an easy game. This game will kill you if you're not careful. And this game is all about positioning. Uh, you can pause time. And uh, especially in the later battles, you really need to start pausing time and giving out direct orders to every party member. Uh, it takes it's time consuming, so and it, it but it but it feels great whenever you actually win a battle, like later on, it feels awesome. So um, it's all about positioning. So like I, for the most part, I always start just playing as my character and just keep going that way. Um, but after about four or five battles in the wilds here, I started pausing the game and playing as everybody and telling them where to go. You know, I normally I'd find like a hill I'd have my mage jump up on top of the hill and then shoot you know fire bolts down at people and it was it, it's it's all about positioning and if you're not careful you can really screw yourself over in fact on the harder difficulties if you play on easy or normal there's no friendly fire but if you play on hard or any higher there's friendly fire on so you can't just have your mage throw a fucking you know atom bomb and while you're standing next to an enemy. It's tough. Yeah. It's tough. So, yeah. I'm glad I'm not doing that. Yeah, I'm not either. I'm just <laughs> playing on normal, and I have a feeling yep. I may have to bring it down to easy a couple of fights. So, we'll find out, though. So, yeah, we, we, we do that. And eventually, I mean, obviously, I'm skipping a little bit of stuff because, I mean, it's mainly just small side quests as well as, like, fighting a bunch of dark spawn and wolves and things like that. Uh, but eventually, we run into... Uh, where we need to be as far as getting the treaties. It was in a kind of like an enchanted chest. Well, that chest has, has been broken open and uh, there's no treaties to be found. At that point, we meet uh, a witch named Morgan. Uh, she, what's, the best way, what's the best way to describe this person? Feisty. She's feisty. Yes, very much so. Uh, she's a little bitchy. Yeah. <laughs> and she hates Alistair with a passion. Yeah. And Alistair she, hates she her. Says what, she says whatever pops into her head, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, it's very blunt. Yeah. She does not, not care if she offends. She's just going with it. Well, see, the thing is, I, but she, she talks as though she doesn't know any better sometimes. She just she yeah. just expects it, and I think that comes with the territory because this is a person who lived with her own mother pretty much her entire life in the woods with no other human interaction. So maybe she that's just she, she grew up talking like that because that's how her mom talks. So, um, but basically, she's saying, "Hey, I don't know what you guys are looking for. You're in my woods. Uh, you kind of need to you know you need to leave." And, of course, we're like, my character's like, I'm a fucking Grey Warden. Uh, where's my fucking treaties? <laughs> you know, that's basically how I was acting. And uh, I think my guy was a little more diplomatic uh, than that. Being, you know, being noble and trying to, you know, he, he's being a bit more diplomatic. I like to think of my guy as, like, the young pup. Who you know never had any responsibility and now has been thrust 
into a leadership role, doesn't really know what the fuck he's doing, so he's not really very consistent. Sometimes he's diplomatic, other times he tries to be intimidating and it doesn't really work out. That's kind of how it worked with my first kind of interaction with Morrigan. Gotcha. The, um... I like to... I always bring it up because I, I loved the first time I played this game. I played kind of like... Me and Alistair were like the two opposites of the same coin. Alistair would crack a joke, I'd be the straight man throughout the whole thing. But it, you could tell, like, as far as how I saw them, you could tell that they were completely opposite, but they were like best friends. You know? Yeah. And I, I loved that character interactions between them. This one is more like Alistair will crack a joke and then I'll pull a knife on somebody. And then Alistair's <laughs> like, dude, what the fuck, man? I was just joking around. You know? Yeah. Alistair, I kind of think, is my guy's mentor a little bit. And it makes it difficult when my guy has to take the lead. Because he's always kind of like, oh, I don't really know what I'm doing, but hey, let's just go with it. What do you think, Alistair? And Alistair's just like, I don't know, it's up to you. Yeah. <laughs> Make a decision. Well, they bring that up kind of directly. Yeah. A couple yeah. hours yeah. in, yeah, right? Like, why aren't you making me the leader? Where doesn't she like kind of point out, like, hey, aren't you the elder Grey Warden here? So... Uh, we talked to her. She says, I don't have the treaties, but my mother does. I will take you to get her. So we go to their house. We meet up with a woman, uh, the mother, older woman named Flemeth. Oh, I should mention that the two guys, the other two Grey Wardens that are with us, they're freaking the fuck out. They're like, this is the Witch yeah. of the Wilds. What are we doing here? You know, and it's, it's like, we need to leave. And, I, and the whole time. Yeah, that. <laughs> the whole time. They're uncomfortable about the whole thing. And the whole fucking time, especially that one that's got the wife and kid. I, the whole <laughs> yeah. time, I'm just keep turning around. Like, this little midget guy, this little dwarf, keeps turning around like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what his name is. I, I want to say it's like Joffrey <laughs> even, or something. Yeah. Girl My guy's just kind of like, dude, would you just man up? Like, seriously, where are you going to go? Like, let's just do this. Come on. <laughs> so, uh, we, uh, we, we, we meet up with Flemeth. Uh, she is, uh, she... It's a weird uh, name. Yeah. It, sounds like it sounds like Flem. Flem yeah. Yeah. Uh, Flemeth is, is the quote-unquote, well, she never really admits it, but she'll hint at it multiple times. It's kind of like, you know, she's the Witch of the Wilds, which is this big legendary, you know, feared thing. You know, they, they, tell, they, they tell children, don't go into the woods, the Witch of the Wilds will get you. You know, that, that kind of thing. The Boogeyman. Um, and she, she's always like, maybe I am. I don't know. I'm just a woman who practices magic. Maybe a witch. You know, I live in the wilds. You know, it's just, it's dumb shit like that. And I'm like, yes, you're the fucking witch of the wilds. I understand that. So she has the treaties. She gives them to us because we're like, I'm like, <laughs> give me my treaties. Or I will kill you. I will kill you dead. So she she, she doesn't really, you know, the, she, she obliges. I'll put it that way. I don't threaten her. I just basically said, hey, would you give me my friggin' treaties back? <laughs> you know. So we grab them, and we eventually go back, or Morgan takes us back to the edge of the wilds. We meet back up with Duncan. And Duncan begins the ritual. Uh, there's one thing I forgot to mention. Uh, Darkspawn are kind of like zombies. 
if you, I, I don't think, I, I wouldn't say if you get bit by them, you turn into one. If you get their blood mixed in with yours, you become tainted. Um, and it's basically like poison. And if you, if you, you don't have the right stuff, you die. It, it, it basically just takes over your body, you die. Um, the people with the right stuff become Grey Wardens. And that's what the ritual is. The ritual is basically, we have to drink Darkspawn blood. And those who survive uh, become Grey Wardens. The ones who don't, well, they're just dead bodies. Russian roulette. Yep. Yep. Um, so we give it to the first guy, the rogue, who's all kind of like gung-ho about everything. Um, he drinks it, falls over dead. And then the one with the wife and kid is free. Starts yeah, backing he's, away. He's yeah. freaking the fuck out. He is freaking <laughs> out. He's he is just like he has been on the verge for most of that whole section of the game, and then he just finally loses yeah. his shit, doesn't yeah. he? Because basically, there's no turning back now. Now Duncan, he's like, here, you need to drink this. Yeah, he kind of thinks he's just gonna be like, nah, not for me. I'm gonna head yeah. home. He <laughs> said, like, no, you've been chosen. I'm sorry. And uh, he's like, here, drink this. And he's like, no, I'm not going to drink it. And he pulls out a... His, oh, I was going to say pull out a gun. No. He pulls out a... <laughs> yeah, he pulls out a fucking gun. He wishes. <laughs> he pulls out his sword, and then Duncan's like, fuck this shit, and stabs him. What the hell are you yeah, doing? stabs him directly in the chest. He falls over dead. And then he turns and looks at you and is like, drink, drink it. What you got? Well, those are my options. I'm yeah. bottoms up. <laughs> I don't know. I I just kind of laughed out loud for most of that bit. I don't know if I. I feel like I was supposed to find it funny, but it it maybe I wasn't. Maybe I just have a sick sense of humor. I found. That I mean, it is kind of goofy, but it, it's. I mean, I, I would think it's supposed to be kind of a terrifying thing because you're like, okay, I can yeah. potentially die here if I don't. If I do this, if I don't do this, I am going to die. Yeah, I got the I got the kind of gravity of the like this is live or die kind of moment. I just I felt like the way they presented it through that one character was just kind of like, well, <laughs> it just he made was going to die eventually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just he was going to die. That's so. the big question. Would he have survived and became a gray warden if he had drunk it? I'm, I'm guessing, guessing no. no. You know what? He may become yeah. the baddest gray warden ever if he just drank it. <laughs> <laughs> so we drink it. And guess what? We have what it takes to become a Grey Warden. We survive it, and we, we become yeah. one with the taint. They say it multiple times. I'm, say, I'm, yes, I'm repeating they do. what they said. <laughs> they like to use the word taint a lot. So, um, we uh, basically, what it is is that we, we, we share a link with the Archdemon itself. And Grey Wardens uh, can sense when Darkspawn are near. Uh, even whenever they're hidden, uh, and they can—they have visions. It's it's kind of like premonitions and things like that. And uh, you, in fact, uh, our characters have a, a premonition or a dream of the archdemon. Uh, when we wake up, Alistair's there. They're like, "Well, congratulations, you're a Grey Warden." And the first time I played this game, I was thinking. 
So there's only three Grey Wardens at this war that we're about to fight. But apparently there's a shit ton more. It's just they're not at this camp. Um, and don't they're not out with Kaylin? Uh, they must be out with with him. See, we eventually meet up with him uh, after the joining, uh, and they they want to go over the battle strategies. At this point, us Duncan, King Kaylin, and his kind of like commander at arms, Terran Logain is his name. Uh, they they're tell you know giving out battle strategies of what they want to do and how they want to do it. Uh, king Kalen is a very young king. He also is married to uh, Terran Loghain's daughter. Um, I think he took over the throne like five years earlier, three or five years mm-hmm. earlier. Um, and he's he's kind of he, he's kind of he's out for glory. Yeah, he's out for glory. A little naive. Um, he, yep. he he fully believes in the power of the Grey Wardens. He you know he loves he loves legends and idealistic. Yes, and he he's like we can take these guys out, man. We got the Grey Wardens. These guys are badasses. You know we 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 got this in the bag. You know, and that's that's how he acts. But you can tell he's a good guy. You know, I think he he, he was he, he's a decent king. At least that's how everybody talked. Um, Alistair always liked him. Uh, so it's, it's one of those situations where this guy's just a little too gung-ho for his own good. Uh, and Loghain is completely the opposite. Loghain is a strategist. He is very crass, uh, acts a lot like Morgan. He, he, he speaks with, <laughs> what's on his mind and he tells Kalen, look, you're, you were going at this completely the wrong way. We need to do this and... It's not going to work, and you need to, you know, get grips on what's going on. If there really is a war that's about to happen, shit's going to go down. You know, that's what he, you know, he's, you know, he's just telling him how it, like it is. But he does it in a kind of a, I wouldn't say villainous way. In a condescending way. Condescending way. He's yeah. Like, yeah. He's like he's he's an idiot. He's a kid. He doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Patronizing. Yeah. So um. After that, we get kind of the battle plan. Battle plan is uh, King Kalen's men going to be at the front lines, as well as King Kalen. He, you know, he's, he wants to be there. He wants to be in the front lines while these guys are killing dudes, and you know, and uh, he's going to have the Grey Wardens with him at that point. So, uh, but the uh, the the big thing is, is that. We're going to try and get the dark spawn to all charge at the front line. Unsuspectingly, we're going to have Logan's men, part of his army, come in from the side and kind of uh, ambush them while they're dealing with the front lines of King Kalen. And the the big thing is is that they know when to begin the ambush by us lighting. The, us, as in Alistair and our character, are going to be sent to the Tower of Ishtal. Is it Ishtal? I think it's Ishtal. Uh, yeah. yeah. Ishtal. 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 Yeah. Ishtal. Uh, they want us to go to this tower and uh, signal, create a fire signal to say, hey, start the ambush. 
and that's our job. Well, of course, my character is whatever. My character is like, all right, we'll do that. Fuck it. Uh, and, you know, Alistair is obviously like, oh, I want to be on the front lines. I want to kill things, <laughs> you know. And like, shut up, Alistair. Jesus Christ. So, <laughs> so uh, we that's that's the game plan. So, after that, we get this cutscene of uh, the you know the big fight. You know they're firing arrows, sending out the Mabaris, and uh, eventually they charge the front lines. And then it cuts to us. We gotta go to the tower. We gotta light the signal and uh, start the uh, start the ambush. Unfortunately, something happened that we weren't planning on, and that is tower's been taken over by Darkspawn. So now we got to fight our way through. Luckily, we do have a couple of people with us. We have a mage, as well as another um, one of King Kalen's men. Uh, so they're going to help us out to get there, because they, they know what we have to do. And here we, we go through three levels of the tower, um, killing as much as we can. Um, eventually make it to the top. Um, and we light the signal. Well, when we light the signal, we get another cutscene showing Logan and his men. And he see, yeah, they see the signal. Yeah, they see the signal. Like, There's a signal you want us to go. He said, pull, yeah. Yeah, pull back. Not cool. Yeah. What are you talking about? King Kalen's men will be slaughtered. Uh, he's a foolish boy. He'll pull back. Yeah. Yeah. This will teach you a lesson. Yeah. He's like, they, 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 we're rushing into an ambush. Yeah, he's like, this, this, is, this is a war we cannot win. And so they're like, okay, we're pulling back. We'll pull back. Uh, the Tower of Ishtal gets overrun by Darkspawn. We get knocked out. And that's the end of the scene. Uh, but the, the, the two important things are King Kalen is killed by a giant monster. One of the dark spots. Yeah, but you see it too. Yeah. He's squished. Yeah. He squishes him, grabs him <laughs> in his gigantic paws and squishes him, squeezes him to death and then throws his body down. Duncan goes in on like in berserk mode and starts trying to kill it. Yep. And unfortunately Duncan is killed as well. Uh, and he just he gets overwhelmed. So Duncan and King Kalen are now dead, and Terran Loghain retreats. And that's the last thing we know. When we wake up, we are back in Morgan's cabin. Um, basically, Morgan and Flemeth, or Morgan mentions that Flemeth, her mother, came to our rescue and picked us up. And brought us back to her home. Now, that may sound suspicious to a lot of people because this is an old woman uh, who who traveled through the woods, picked up two guys in full armor, and then brought them Slung back. Slung them over her shoulder. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll find out later about that. It's a side option. But it's a side quest that you can do, but you'll find out later how she did it. And if you don't play it there, in Dragon Age 2, you will find out how she did it. <laughs> so uh, we uh, we wake up. She's kind of nursed us back to health. And uh, we go out to um, Alistair, who is outside the cabin. He's, he's kind of in shock 
especially when he realizes Logan fucking betrayed us. He left us for dead, and King Kalen is now dead as well as Duncan. So, what the hell are we gonna do now? Oh, and by the way, the blight's still coming. So, yeah, and there's not, no Grey Wardens left. Yeah, we are the yeah, yeah, and we can't contact the other ones. Yeah, there's the uh, the, the the other ones are in Orlay. I believe is what he said. I think that's what was mentioned. I think that there was a few scattered around Ferelden that weren't at the front lines, uh, but the rest of the Grey Wardens are in Orlay, which is a different country to the east of Ferelden. Um, and they're very far away. So, for all intents and purposes, Alistair and you are the only Grey Wardens left in the country. And we don't know what the hell to do. But, I think Flemeth actually mentions the treaties. And they're like, hey, have you guys even looked at these treaties? Basically, what the treaties are is, is rules saying, hey, whenever we have a blight coming and there's evidence of a blight coming, the Grey Wardens can require and request help uh, from multiple different factions. Uh, those factions being the Circle of Magi, um, uh, the Dwarves of Ozamar, and uh, the um, Wood Elves, the Dalish Elves. Um, and also Arl Eamon's men? Well, uh, that, well that, that's not, I don't think that's actually in the treaties, but... Alistair's like, hey, Arl... Oh, they just say that's another place. Yeah, well, he says he, he knows him personally. He's like, he will come help us. If there's anybody out there who is our ally, he's our ally. Mm. And he, in fact, he even says, let's go there first because I can go talk to him. We can, we, you know, he, he's got he's got a pretty big army. You know, he's he's the leader of a land. Um, so we should go there first. That's what he mentions. Um, so we decide, hey, we're going to have to use these treaties to recruit all these people. And we're going to have to go to all these different sites and recruit it. But there's one problem. That problem being Terry Logan has decided to say that I didn't betray King Kalen. The fucking Grey Wardens did. They're the ones who are traitors. Oh, anybody who finds a Grey Warden, if you kill them, you get money. So now we have a bounty on our head. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody wants to kill us, <laughs> um, and so that's it. But we we don't find that out until after we make it to Lothring. Lothring? I don't know how to pronounce that. Lothring? Eh, whatever. Yeah, lo let's go. Lothring. With that. Lothring. Um, yeah, that that works. That's the next city. Um, that that's the closest to us. Um. And since the blight is coming, uh, there's been a lot of refugees enter Lothring, uh, people running away from this blight. And it's kind of uh, overcrowded. Uh, there's multiple... Uh, the town guards are pretty much gone. The Templars are, are basically the now the town guards, and there's only like five of them in the town, uh, and they can't keep track of everything. So um, that's why we run into a bunch of bandits on the on the road to Lothring. Yeah. yeah. 
And when you say we, like Morgan's with us too. At oh this point, shit! I hey? forgot to mention that. Yeah, Morgan comes with us. Yeah. Uh, basically, Flemeth is telling her, "Hey, you know what? You're taking Morgan with you." Morgan's like, "Why?" Yeah. <laughs> it's like WTF. Yeah, she's like, "Because <laughs> you, you always wanted to go and do things. You're a woman now. Go, go help the Grey Wardens." Because truth be told, Flemeth doesn't want this shit to happen either. God damn it, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You wanted your independence. You got yeah. it. Now don't try to try not to die. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, the the and there's 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 a underlining thing there too, and we will find out at the end of the game, almost at the end of the game, uh, why Morgan is actually with us. Um. So uh, the bandits. I do want to mention the bandits because the bandits are basically like, oh, you got to pay a toll and get into Lothring. And we're like, I'm like, uh, yeah, I got to pay a toll. I don't think so. You you want me to pay a toll? And I, I, I was like, no, I think you need to pay me a toll. <laughs> and so we, I beat the hell out of him, and then he yields, and we stop. And I love it. All right, that's one thing I do have to mention, the small little quirks about this game. If you get into a fight, and there's a cutscene right after that fight, everybody's standing around talking with blood <laughs> all over blood. them. <laughs> It's like this blood splatter all over their face and stuff. So yeah. I noticed that like straight away. <laughs> Alistair's over there cracking jokes. They, they, it's like they don't even notice. It's like, hey man, you got a little on your cheek there. You just got a little. Yeah, got a little red on you. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, he's <laughs> perfectly natural. He's uh, drenched in it, <laughs> especially with the Mabari. That's hilarious. <laughs> and he kind of looks like he's grinning yeah. as well. <laughs> Mabari's covered in yeah, blood. I'm covered in blood. <laughs> oh, you're such what? a cute puppy. And then he's he's puppy just got ball. blood all over him. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I beat him up, and they're like, "Okay, you stop. We'll we'll pay you." And I'm like, "All right, give me thirty silvers." They're like, "Okay, we'll give you thirty silvers." And I'm like, "No, no, no I changed my mind. Sixty. Like, we don't have sixty. Then off with your head." And I chopped them their heads off. Oh, yeah, I killed those fuckers. <laughs> oh, I, I, I told them to, to leave. Oh, you, you're such a virtuous person. Yeah. I yeah. know. Nope. I'm a thug. I killed people for less. I was just trying to convince them to stop doing what they were doing, and all of a sudden we were in a fight to the death. <laughs> yeah, I was no, like, that's, what? Kind of, that's what happened to me. I tried to be diplomatic again, yeah, and no, they weren't having it. They wanted to throw down. I was like, well... I think, oh, this is not going to stand. If you're not if you're not done with your ways, then uh, I guess we're fighting. <laughs> Yeah. That doesn't work with me. You killed them too? Yeah. I tried not to. I was just trying to tell them to stop, and then we did the first fight. They tried to basically surrender, and I was just like trying to be strict about the fact that I needed them to stop being bandits. And Reform or die. Yeah. Basically, we just... They were like, nope, something happened, and... Uh, the, either my choice was stricter than I interpreted it to be. <laughs> <laughs> they just weren't having it, and then we fought, and I killed them. Yeah, I, I, I in in some instances, I have be, become diplomatic, and diplomatic means I threaten them. So it's <laughs> it's like you know, there's been multiple times where somebody will say something to me, and it will say intimidate, and I intimidate them, and they're like, okay, okay, chill out, we'll we'll. We'll do what you have to, you know, what you say, and then I, I just, yeah, I'll see. leave it at that. If you, if 
if you if we're gonna talk about the bit in Lothering in a minute where with the with the mother, yeah. I guess the the Reverend Mother. I'll mother I'll talk thing. about my failed attempt at intimidation. So um yeah no. <laughs> it did not work out well. I've been putting points. I should mention when you level up, you can put points into all sorts of things. Um, yeah. One of those being you're more charisma, charismatic, where you can, you know, you, you, you when you have the option to intimidate or to persuade, it it may succeed. It has it has a better chance of succeeding. Is that your main category that you're? Buffing? I'm buffing most of that. Um, but I also want to do the battle tactics because I want to get all those special abilities. So, um, mm. uh, or advanced combat training is the name of it. So uh, the uh, when we go into Lothring, obviously we see a bunch of you know refugee camps, and everybody's kind of saying this sucks, and we'd be better off in the wilds than being over here and stuff like that. And uh, there's a few things we can do. We 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 run into the chantry. Um, talk to a couple of Templars. There's a guy there who can only uh, who can only ch- talk, speak like the Bible, basically. And uh, he speaks to us by using verses of their Bible or the chant. Um, and he runs the Chantry board, which is basically like a side quest board. I did all those. It was only three of them. One of them was. And yeah. they, they all just show up. I went to the same exact spot each time, yeah. and there was just something different there. So they were really quick. Yeah. You could yep. even do them all at once, basically. So it's um, but there's a couple of things that we do here. Uh, one of them being is get two party members. Uh, the first party member is uh, actually in the the pub. Um, Obviously, there's been a lot of talk around town, especially whenever you enter the town, saying, hey, Grey Wardens are, you know, traitors, and there's a price on your head. You know, you might want to keep it down that you're Grey Wardens. Although people can usually just look at you and say you're a Grey Warden. So it's, I don't know. It's weird how they handle that stuff. So we go into... Yeah, especially since they say your abilities don't work on normal people. They only work on mages, right? Wait, you, no, what are you talking about? The Templar's abilities? The Templars, yes. Yeah. The... yeah, only work on mages, not on like normal people. We, we're talking about Grey Wardens. People, people are yeah, allowed... Yeah. People, some people, you have the dialogue option saying, I'm a Grey Warden, and they'll act surprised by it. Or they'll say, oh, you better not be telling people that. There's a price on your head. But then there's some people who walk up to you and automatically say, you're a Grey Warden, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. I thought it was, like, it was well, like, how can you tell? You know, I'm just a dude in some armor. Well, when I was given the option to kind of be coy about who I was, I didn't really bother because it seemed to me like everyone knew yeah. anyway. Especially, so, I was just like, yep, yeah, I'm a gray warden. Deal with especially it. Especially like, like, so I've been talking to a bunch of people saying, no, nah, I'm not a gray warden. Or most of the time, I'm like, yeah, I'm a gray warden. What are you gonna do about it? You know. But when I walk into the pub. I get a cutscene automatically saying, "Hey, fucking Grey Wardens, we take take these motherfuckers <laughs> out." And so, we, automatically, we get into a fight. We're like, you know, it's it, but it's basically they they've actually been looking for us. Um, they were sent by Terran Logan to find us specifically because he knew that there was two Grey Wardens who had the light, the signal. They're still around somewhere. So, 
they are in the pub. They come in all. There's the Grey Wardens we're looking for. You guys are going to come with us? And, you know, I was like, huh, no, I'm not coming with you. And so, all right, it's time to die. So we start fighting. Uh, beat the hell out of them. Um, and there's a woman there named uh, Leliana is her name. She is uh, with the Chantry. Uh, she decides to help us during this fight. She's a rogue. Um, and uh, I, this is one of the few times I don't kill somebody. I actually let the guys go, but I tell them to give me a message saying, we know what happened, and we're coming for you. So that's, <laughs> I, I let them go with that message. I did that too, yeah. So, um, But we talked to Leliana. Leliana says that she had a vision. She's a very religious person. Believes in the Maker and all these uh, different premonitions and things like that. And she said that she had a vision of us and that she had to join us. And I kind of played it off as, I don't believe in your religion, but if you want to help us, we need all the help we can get. Come on. Um, so I just let her join my party that way. Did everybody else get her? Yep. Okay. I did not go to the pub yet. I did not even know there was a pub. Have you left? Okay. <laughs> Here's, here's a very, very... I already left Lothering. Oh, you may have missed her. What? Oh. <laughs> I, I didn't add her to my main party, though, because I was like, hey, I want to keep my dog. Well, you can keep, so, you can keep your dog. That's fine. Yeah. Um, that's... In fact, I think, Matt, now that you've left... If, have you went to the main map where you can choose where to go? Yeah. You may be able to go back to Lothering. I'm not too sure. Do it immediately if you want to get her, because the blight basically takes over that entire place, and you can never go back to it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, go and save her. Go and save her. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, Leliana is an Orlesian. She's from Orle, and um, that's why she talks funny. Uh, <laughs> when I first played this game, I was like, "Why is she talking stupid?" And uh, then, you know, obviously later on she explains, oh, I'm from a different country. So, uh, but she's a rogue who um, uh, joined the Chantry, but used to be a little bit more than that, which we'll get, we'll dive into a little later uh, when we start talking to her more. Um, and there's one other party member we can get that is Sten. Sten is a... He's he's being held captive um, by the, the people of uh, Lothran, uh, mainly because he killed uh, some farmers, killed a man and I think his wife and kids. Um, he's a little special. Uh, he's he, he's a different race of people. Um, are you gonna Are you gonna go ahead and pronounce it? I mean. You want to try? No. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. They say it a lot in Dragon Age 2. Um, because there's, there's a faction that you, you have to deal with in there. The... Ah, uh, crap. Wow, I totally just forgot it. It's, it's spelled, something... Qu qu something beginning with a Q. The Canari. That's it. The can yes, you got it. Yeah. The Canari. The Canari. That's it. I was going to say the Arshitak, Arch, but that's actually the leader of the Kunari. He's like the king of the Kunari. Um, you, you meet him in Dragon Age 2. 
uh, but he is a Canari. They're a very like primitive tribal uh, group, um, you know, full of warriors. Um, and they, 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 he doesn't really understand human and and commoner ways. But um, he basically was was traveling and got knocked unconscious. And when he came to, he kind of just went nuts. And, and I don't think he meant to kill these people, but he killed them and they locked him up. Um, and the Chantry is basically holding him there. And they, they've basically said they're just going to let the, the Blight come and get him because we're about to evacuate Lothran. Screw it. We'll just leave him in that cage. Let the dark spot handle him. Which is a horrible fucking way to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, even Morgan says that. <laughs> She's like, Jesus. <laughs> I'm heartless, but man. So uh, we decide, I decide, I want to get him out because, hey, he looks like a badass. Um, yeah. He looks tough. <laughs> so, he, yep. so here's the thing. And I don't know why they, I understand why. They wanted to make people look a little different. If you look... At a Kunari in Dragon Age 2, and then look at a, look at Sten. You, there's a complete difference. When you look at a Kunari in Dragon Age 2, they look like beast men. But he looks like just a, a really tall, dark-colored skin guy. Uh, he looks like a human still. Um, they 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 also changed up the way, how elves look too. Elves have a more kind of like a a, a a more edgy face. It's not like their heads are not as round, and they're kind of taller, a little longer. They usually have kind of like a a sharp chin. Um, they 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 try to give them more distinct looks in Dragon Age too. And so when I didn't know what the hell any of this stuff was until I played Dragon Age 2 and I, and I saw Canaries because they're everywhere in Dragon Age 2. And I was like, what? This this beast thing is what Sten was? I was like, Sten looks like a human. Mm. So they changed all this stuff up to, to make it look more distinct. While if you have an elf in Dragon Age 1 and you look at an elf in Dragon Age 2, they look like different things. They look like different beings. While an elf is basically a human with pointy ears. And Dragon Age. And they're not just like different tribes or different... Yeah, they're not just different tribes. You know, forest elves versus city elves. No, no. The elves elves okay. look completely different from Dragon Age 1 to Dragon Age 2. As well as, well as the Kunari. Um, so we we have to go talk to um, the revered mother. the Basically the leader of the Chantry. Um, and to, she has the key to his cage. Um, she's the one who had him locked up there. And she... She's the one who can determine his fate. So we, uh, I go there to to talk to her to get her to um, give me the key, let him go. He'll come into the Gray Warden's service, and we'll take care of him. If he dies, he dies. If he doesn't, he doesn't. It's up to him. I get the key. I let him out. Um, the, the, the way it happens with me is I kind of want, I don't know how I want to play this, um, this character. So I, I'm still kind of like f- feeling around how I want to play this character. I want to play him kind of, not, I wouldn't necessarily say ruthless, but hey, this is my conditions. If you don't like them, I'll kill you. 
Um, but I I want him to respect religious people, and I want him to respect higher ups, because he was a castless. He knew who who the the higher ups were, the hierarchy, and he, he you know that he's he, he has respect for them, but he won't let them push him around, kind of deal. And while I was talking to the revered mother. I fully acknowledged, hey, I don't have a religion. I don't believe in your, you know, superstition. But I have the respect for you. I will help you. She asked if she wanted to bless me and Alistair and all of them. I said, yeah, do your mumbo jumbo. We 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 sat down. She did the whole blessing thing. You know, it it I I don't know how it's it's weird how I want to play these characters. I think I may be overthinking it. But then again, that's what's so, so great about this game is. Is playing your character how you want it to be played. Yeah. I was exactly the same in my meeting with her. And then I actually met with her and got the blessing and everything before I um, found Shen. Uh-huh. So then I went back to her. That's where I kind of got in this awkward situation because we already had the whole thing where she said, you know, she couldn't do anything for us really, but she gave us the blessing and she'd, you know, make sure that like our status as Grey Wardens would be kept under the radar. Not so much, but what have you. And then when we kind of went back and had the whole dialogue about um, releasing Shen into the custody of the Grey Wardens, I accidentally ended up intimidating her, but I misread one of my dialogues. So I was like, I don't think that sounds that intimidating. It's just kind of like, what other choice do you have? Like, let me take him and this, that, and the other. And so Alistair, he was just so disappointed. And Morrigan thought it was hilarious. She's like, oh, we're... We're like intimidating priests now, are we? Brilliant! Like she, she found it hilarious, yeah. and I was like, "Shoot, no, I didn't mean to do that." But Alistair was like, "Alistair disapproves." How many points did you lose? Minus like thirteen, something like that. Like a lot. Holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> wow. He really did disapprove, and I, I got his message loud and clear. But then when I got Shen, I, 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 I bumped Alistair out of my party. Really? Shen, so. Yeah. Oh man. Alistair will always stay with me. He's my buddy. Kick, kick to the curb. Mm. Well, that's. Uh... I might, you know, I might swap it around later. But you know, I feel like, hey, Alistair, I think we need some time apart. You know, <laughs> I need to do, I need to do some growing without your your kind of guidance. So yeah, I'm I'm going out there with Shen and my dog. So who are you, we? We've seen a good amount of uh, of uh, characters. Who 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 are we eyeing to? Uh... To romance here. I ain't got time for that. Okay, no, no, that no. that's totally acceptable. Uh, Leliana, I got my eye on her. I mean, <laughs> I've only found one one lady friend so far. So this is true. I forget. Yeah, I forgot about that. Morgan. Oh, you no no you can have, um, you can be a homosexual if you want to. What about the Mobari? Bestiality, I think, is illegal in Dragon Age. No, I don't, yeah. Not too sure. <laughs> Doesn't mean it's impossible. No, it's not a hell. It's, no, nothing's <laughs> impossible. <laughs> well, yeah, like, if you're controlling your hound and you kind of run into another hound, then... Oops. You know, <laughs> there's a whole, yeah, a whole other... But, uh, yeah. Um, so those are the two party members we get. Um, Matt, you might want to go back and get her, if you can. Just saying, if you want her, if you want her, um, she's a decent rogue. I have her in my party. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll probably I'll probably swing back and get yeah, her. I need a ro I need a rogue so I can have somebody to open chest for me. Who have you guys got like at this point then in your party? It's uh, me, Alistair, uh, Leliana, and Morgan. Yeah, I think I might have to let go of my dog and bring Alistair back. But I'm not sure. I need a rogue too, so. Yeah, I swapped Sten in for the dog. Okay. But uh, the last thing that we that we will fully talk about in this episode is um, there's two other things that happen in this, and one of them is just a dumb halfway side quest, and that's um, when you're trying to leave Lothering. There's a group of humans who have possibly some of the dumbest dialogue I've ever seen. They, uh, it's it's real fast. You don't get to talk or anything like that. And the guy's voice, the way he says this stuff is funny. He's like, so your gray wardens, <laughs> there's a pretty price on your head. It feed a lot of bellies. And then he goes, attack, like that. <laughs> it sounds so stupid. I was like, I really don't feel like, like I don't feel bad killing this idiot. <laughs> so I, just, I took my gigantic sword and slashed him. Killed him dead. And I took, and then I looted their bodies, and then their bodies turned to bone yep. and blood. They, they, yeah, they, <laughs> they decompose pretty quickly in this game. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but the final thing we do before leaving Lothring is um, the when we're trying to leave the the very end of it. Uh, there's uh, two dwarves um, being attacked by um, Darkspawn. Uh, if you, you know, obviously we kill them, the the dark spawn there, and uh, it's a merchant, traveling merchant, and his son, uh, and you will see them a lot. Uh, they they're the guys who um, his his son Sandal is a very simple boy, um, but he is very very good at enchanting items. In fact, in Dragon Age Two, they make a return. And Sandal's the only guy you can really enchant anything with, and he and he loves <laughs> enchanting. It's it's kind of he he actually has a, a pretty fun uh, dialogue in Dragon Age Two that's actually really funny, but um we'll leave that for another time. But uh, you he is a traveling merchant who you will see a couple of times throughout the game, and um, he, he's kind of a minor character. Um. I kind of pissed him off a little bit because he's a surface dweller, and I called him one. And he got pissed. He, he, got pissed. <laughs> he didn't really get pissed off. He's like, I haven't been to Ozamar in years. He's like, are oh, you one of those surface dwellers? And he's like, well, it's not nice. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and then that was pretty much it. And so we leave. We leave Lothran after that. <laughs> um, but that's uh, that's as far as we got this go around. Um, I haven't looked at the fact. In fact, I'm thinking about just going on to the Arl, like Alistair has suggested, because there's there's actually talk. I don't, if we went to the Chantry, we actually ran into a guy who is who who is from Redcliffe. That's where the Arl is, and um, uh, the Arl. We find out that the Arl is actually sick. He's he's taken ill, and uh, they they don't think that no magic or any type of medicine has been able to help him. People think he's almost on his deathbed, and uh, they've went on. He's he has sent some of his people to go find um, 
this ancient artifact. It's uh, these special type of ashes. Um, a lot of people think it's just a myth, but it is the ashes of a prophet, and they claim, according to the myth, that uh, even a little piece will, uh, or even like a little drop of the ashes will cure anything. It will heal anything. So, uh, and of course, the guy who's most everybody who who was in my party whenever we were talking about that were like, "You're going on a fool's errand. This is a myth. This stuff doesn't even exist." My character doesn't even believe in their religion. Your prophet, your prophet probably didn't even exist, dude. You know, so, so that's uh, it's you know, that's I think that's what we should do next. I don't know how the fact does it, but um, we'll see how it goes and we'll talk about it. But that's that's pretty much it. Any any thoughts so far? Any, you guys enjoying this game? Yeah. Yeah. I am. So far, I'm loving the variety. Yeah. How are you? How are you handling playing a mage, Matt? Honestly, so far it's been kind of boring. Okay. Because all I have is a couple of different, fairly interchangeable projectiles. Right. You know, I've got a my regular little bolt, and then I've got um, I've got like a, a freezing spell. I've got a lightning spell. So basically, most of my encounters end up just being that I stand in the back and just shoot bolts, and then I run out of mana very quickly, and then I just kind of stand around waiting for it to refill, and then I shoot my bolts, and then I wait around, and that's about it. It's not. I I, I need to play around with what I should be assigning, um, like what spells I can use with each other, because I think focusing too much on these projectiles. I think they're roughly all interchangeable, yeah. and that means that they're none of them are complementary to each other. So I don't have any variety in what I'm doing. So I need to really look at, you know, there's there's some like um, there's some spells that are kind of constant, and because of that, they like automatically take up each one takes up a quarter of yeah, my magic. Yeah, sustained abilities all the time. Yeah, sustained abilities. So I started off with two of those. And then I would get into a fight, and I would only be able to shoot like three projectiles, and then I'm out of magic. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, I gotta change this up. So, so far the combat's been a little lackluster for me, but that's mostly the way I've structured it. And I need to spend some time once I have acquired a couple more skills and try and mix and match them and pair them so that they work gotcha. better together. You know, you can become a blood mage in this game. It's one of the mm. specialties. You know, you have like specialties that you can choose. Uh, you can be a healer if you want to, or a buffer. That's always nice. Okay. okay. You can give uh, you can give your 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 other guys a um, like you know, fire swords and shit like that. So you can mm -hmm. do that if you want to. Um, there's multiple things that you can do. With that. That's the more versatile class. While a warrior is basically just, I'm gonna hit shit. And if I, am I going to hit it precise or am I just going to hit it hard? <laughs> so, it's uh, that's yeah, that's how I'm I'm playing. I'm I'm playing this yeah, Me I'm too. playing this two-handed guy who, you know, he, he's using. I, I'm just making a tank out of mine. Yeah, I'm 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 all about strength and willpower right now. When I get points, and I, that's kind of why I picked the warrior anyway, because I thought like I haven't played the game before and I didn't want like the problems that you were saying, Matt, about 
combat and I kind of wanted just to dive in and I didn't want anything that was too complex or versatile my first time out so mm-hmm. that's why I yeah, I'm, I'm afraid that I've been I've been sampling too many of the different types of spells and that's going to like prevent me from being able to get good spells in any specific category yeah jack of all so trades I... master of none Exactly. I need to focus and figure out what I want to do with this character first. Well, I had a friend of mine, and I saw his character play a little bit of it, and he was a mage. <laughs> he was a fucking blood mage, and he just put points into his constitution, so his health was, like, through the roof. And every time he'd activate blood magic, it'd just take a little bit of his health, and he just used, instead of using mana, he would just use his health to throw abilities out. It was fucking nuts. <laughs> He's like, I'll, I'll never run out of mana because it's my health. And since I put so much points in the Constitution, ha, I'm like a fucking tank mage. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I think that's what I meant rather than willpower. Constitution. Like I'm doing strength and health. Gotcha. That's what I'm focusing on at the beginning. So, yeah, I put a lot of mine into willpower. But that's um, that's the first episode of Dragon Age Origins. Uh, it's, um, I'm, I'm really enjoying going back and playing it a different way. And, uh... I'm excited, because there's some shit that happened in this game <laughs> that's fucking nuts. <laughs> so it's, uh, and I, I can't wait to hear what you guys do. Because it, it, if you say something wrong, people will just straight up leave your party. Or better yet, they will attack you. For real? Uh-huh. Yeah. They'll be like, you know I what, don't, fuck I don't you. like conflict, <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't, I'm not looking forward to this. As, there was, like, uh, when I watched my roommate... Want to get along. So there's, I'm trying to imagine, there's one, all right, Alistair, you, Morgan, the Mabari, Sten, Leliana, there's either eight or nine possible party members that you can get, not ten, there's ten, Um, and I watched my roommate play it. At the end of the game, he had he had four party members left. Either <laughs> either he either he missed them, he got them pissed off and they left the party, or he killed them because because they got pissed off and attacked him. That's impressive. Yeah, I was like, dude, you completely fucked this game. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, the last battle is going to be a bitch for you. And he was like, well, that's how I played it. <laughs> and so I was like, all right. So it's um, it's very interesting how this can turn out. So I'm I'm really excited to see the later parts of this game and how we handle stuff because it's going to be really really fun. But yep, yeah, um. Don't have any new iTunes reviews, but we do have a lot of tweets, and I am going to read most of those off because, hey, we don't get a lot of tweets normally. Uh, let me see here. I'm going to bring up Twitter here. If you'd like to tweet to us, we are all on Twitter. I am uh, at DML Fury. Matt is at REMGS. And Sophie, you. SM? Yeah, M for mother. SM Holiday. Okay. Uh, and uh, you can also follow the uh, the podcast itself at ZTGD Phoenix Down. Uh, you can tweet to us there, and we will answer all those tweets uh, on here, which I'm, I'm going to ho- go ahead and um, and uh, bring up some uh, Wicked 1932. Uh, he uh, tweeted to us last night. 
saying uh, his games, he's suggesting some games to us. His games will be Persona 4, Red Dead Redemption, Ratchet and Clank, uh, PS3 is what he said, uh, Mass Effect 1, or The Chronicles of Riddick. Oh, yeah. For the PS3 or the 360. Uh, he said, uh, I just picked up Dragon Age today with two kids and a job. I'm not sure I'll be able to keep up <laughs> with us. Um, so I know you already have Witcher 2 on uh, your list. Damn good game. I never got to finish it. Maybe you guys will push me to. So maybe we will play The Witcher 2. I would love to. So Me too. Uh, let's see here. I don't know how to pronounce your name, Freddie. I know you. I talk to you a lot. <laughs> F3NIAN. Freenan? I'm sorry, man. I, you, you know who you are. <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> uh, he tells us to play more horror games. Uh, Choose Your Poison, Fatal Frame, GameCube, Resident Evil Remake, Amnesia, Eternal Darkness, etc. Uh, we have tried Eternal Darkness, and we kind of abandoned it because I kind of fucked myself over in that game, but I'd love to go back to it. Resident Evil Remake will be done this year. I don't care what anybody says. That means I don't, yeah. I don't care what you say, Matt. We are doing that. Good. Uh, I'm down with Resident Evil. I'm a big Resident Evil fan. Oh, I am too. Matt is too, as you can tell from his Twitter, Twitter handle. Uh, let's see here. White Hippo says, someone should kill each and every potential party member allowed to be mixed, to mix it up a bit. I think that's going to be you. At the yeah, time. I think I, I'm on the, <laughs> the fast track to killing everybody. Your guys kind of like, you take me or you leave me, and I think a lot of people are going to be leaving you, hey? Yeah, I'm like, pretty sure that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> no offense. You know. oh, it's, it's all right, it's all right. Uh, Sean... Says, uh, never agreed with the hate for Dragon Age 2. The story and interactions were great. Uh, far as a future game, we should do Run Like Hell, which is a game I haven't heard from in a long, long time. But there was a game called Run Like Hell, and it was a PS2 game. Anybody ever heard of it? I've heard the name, but I've never played okay. it. I think it's like a, almost like an alien shooter, third-person shooter. Um, where you, you obviously run a lot, but um, I, I can't really remember. I, I I can remember corridors and stuff like that, but I can't remember anything about the game. But that's it for our uh, tweets and stuff like that. But I do appreciate everybody tweeting to us, and you can throughout the week want to tweet to us. I'll read it on the show. You please leave us an iTunes review. It helps us out. Uh, gets our name out there and everything like that. Um, but we will uh. We will leave with that. We will be back next week with a continuation of Dragon Age. Um, also, one other thing. You can send us an email. Uh, you can send me an email, drew at ztgd.com. And uh, uh, you can suggest games to us there. You can tell us about Dragon Age and how you played it. Or if you're playing around, if you're playing with us and how far we're getting and stuff like that, let us know what you're doing. I'd love to hear what other people are doing in this game. So, uh, but that's it for us. I do appreciate everybody listening. But until next time, I am Drew. And I'm Matt. And I am Sophie. And we are out of here. Catch you guys next week with a continuation of Dragon Age Origins.